Well, hey, my friends, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode number three of Get Up Girl. This week, I sat down with my awesomely wonderful, hilarious, and life-loving friend, Andrea West, and she opens up about a season that she walked through for a couple of years of her life where she battled heavy, heavy depression and anxiety. What I find so interesting and unique about Andrea's story is that she walked through this battle of depression and anxiety after she became a believer of God. So she speaks to this season of her life through the lens of being a faith-filled Christian. And I think that is so interesting because A, it, it just goes to speak to the power of God, but also B, it just goes to show that just because you're a Christian, it does not make you immune to certain things in the world. And so Andrea is a walking testimony of that. Obviously, now she is about 17 years on the other side of this battle with um, suicidal thoughts and being heavily medicated and and days where she just says that she didn't even want to live anymore. Um, And that's some really heavy stuff to talk about. And so she is on the other side of this and she's stronger and better than ever. Um, but But she speaks to this from that lens that she had just given her life to the Lord about a year prior and then this heavy season of depression hit. And so I'm really excited for you to hear um, her story and just, you will, she radiates joy, y'all. You will hear it in her voice. You don't even have to see her to know that joy just oozes out of her in everything that she does. Um, She is a wonderful, wonderful woman of God, and I'm so pumped for you to hear what she has to say today. So here we go. Here is my interview with my good and wonderful friend, Andrea West. Check one, two. This is the next one. All right. Um, hey, this is Andrea West. I am a wife and a mother. I am an ESL teacher and a student pastor with my husband. And this is my get up story. Well, hey, girl, welcome to this week's episode of Get Up Girl, a podcast inspired by women of all cultures and backgrounds who have been toe to toe in the ring of discouragement, disappointment, defeat, and how they got back up to fight. Each episode, we'll be discussing, well, all the things marriage, business, parenting, racial divides, grief, loss, and everything in between. We believe that you will be encouraged by these women through their stories. So come on, girl, it's time to get up. I can look back now and say, hindsight, I can say um, maybe for about a year, it's, it felt like it slowly came and then it hit me. And now I kind of, you know, looking back, I can see how it came, you know, like, I'm like oh, yeah. But um, it hit me. And um, the funny thing was that I am a pretty much a glass half full kind of gal. I'm always been very optimistic I mean and so whenever depression hit I mean it was shocking (laughs) and just I it it completely threw me off like I was not ready um I was very new in the Lord as far as like just you know I don't know I just and so um yeah I got to a point where I wasn't my mind I couldn't I could not it completely disrupted my life I was always a straight-a student and um did my absolute best. School was my focus. I, at this point, I couldn't get out of bed. I um, couldn't sleep. They get, they dosed me up with lots and lots of Ambien. I would ne- I couldn't sleep. I just wasn't sleeping. I lost major weight. Couldn't eat. Um, I think I'd bitten my fingernails down so far I could barely like hold a pencil. 
it was just crazy. Like, I don't know. My mind was, um, I couldn't, it's like my mind was just caged. I could not see a way out. The light was zero. Like, I just felt like there is no way out. Um, and I remember like even sitting in a room and this is just kind of wild, but all of a sudden I'd like come to, and I realized I've been in that room staring at a wall for an hour. Like there was just, it was, I was almost, I, I remember telling my mom, I don't want to die. I just don't want to live. I wanted them to put yeah. me in a hospital, put me on meds, strap me to the bed. And if that's where, I mean, that's where I got to, if that's where I was going to stay for the rest of my life, that's where I would stay. Mm-hmm. Um, did so, you recognize yeah. it as depression? Like did, when, when you were in it, did you say, I think I'm depressed or is this depression um, or did you? I'm trying to think like I'd had such a, it's kind of crazy. Um, I'd had such a good ride with the Lord. That sounds so bad, but like I surrendered my life to the Lord and it was just like this great experience. And like, I was finally free of so much stuff. And yeah, like the two things the Lord, like really, I felt like I had a purpose and I was free and that was like a big deal. You know, I'd free from a lifestyle I left behind and really I hadn't left behind the Lord had just completely delivered me from so many desires I had and um and so I will say this when it happened so I was dating someone at that time um or not whenever it happened but after I gave my life to the Lord and he was saved as a great guy and I could feel something inside saying like you know I didn't realize what this was but it was conviction and I didn't know how to like what peace was at that time. Like, you know, I didn't know like you follow the peace of God, you know, peace kind of leads you. And of course, anything that's like, Mm-mm, you know, don't do that, you know. Yeah. But at that point, that was kind of foreign to me because I wasn't doing the things I used to do. I wasn't doing any drugs. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't being promiscuous. I wasn't, you know, so it was like, it didn't make sense in my head. This is a good guy. He's a Christian. So whenever I didn't, I felt that I just kind of shoved it to the side. You know, I was like, that's weird. You know, it just didn't line up. Mm-hmm. And, um, but n- then I started realizing like, oh, you need to let this go. This is not the relationship you need to be in. Just, it's not the will of God for you. And so I, for a long time, I just, um, I shoved it away. And so I can see like, because of that, um, I was trying to justify a lot of things and justify. And so it was like in, in that justification, the Lord, he can't really speak to that, you know? And, um, and I was kind of going away and, and my heart was being divided really when I look at now. And so, although I don't think that was a cause of it, I think it was a way for the enemy to get in. I mean, this was truly, when I look back, it was a spiritual attack. And so at the time, no, I didn't realize I was depressed. Like it was like, I remember just feeling different things like, Oh, and then all of it. But when it, when it finally hit, I guess I realized I didn't call it depression. I was just, I felt crazy. That's what I remember telling. It wasn't like I, cause depression was never depression was what someone else went through or I didn't know. I didn't have words. I just remember telling my friends, I feel crazy something's wrong with me. I feel crazy because I did feel crazy. That's exactly how I felt. And you were in school. You were in college? I was in school. I was in college. Um, Always done well. I'm like super overachiever. Love school. That Um, you are. Yes, I I do. I love it. And um, you're a big, big nerd. I'm a big, big nerd. Love that about you. Yes. I could not function. I finally ended up dropping out. Um, Actually, I didn't even drop out. (laughs) One night, I was scared to be by myself because I would find myself um, in, in, I would find myself where I would be like in my kitchen and I would be staring at the drawer of knives or I'd be finding a way, trying to find a way to free myself of my crazy, like that's what I felt like. Like I didn't, like I said, I didn't want to die, but I didn't want to live. And all of a sudden it was like, I would come to for a second and be like, holy moly, what am I doing? Like, it was like wow. in that moment, I wasn't in my right mind. Yeah. And I don't know how to explain it, but it was like in that moment, I would have possibly slipped my wrist or something like that because that's what mm-hmm. I had. 
Um, I didn't have pills. I didn't have a gun. I didn't, yeah. I, you know. Had you ever had an experience with cutting or self-harm? Never. Ever? Okay. Never. Wow. Never. So the fact that that was crossing your mind was probably... Insane. Yeah. I mean, that's why I felt crazy. I didn't know it was depression. I didn't have a, le- a clinical term for it. But it was like I would be in my kitchen and I would be holding a knife and I remember, and just thinking, just do it. Just relieve yourself. And that's what it really was. It wasn't like I want to die. It was just like, just get out. Somebody stop it, you know? And, um, but then it's like, I believe, I know it's like the Holy Spirit kind of breaking through. It's like, I would come to him and be like, oh my goodness. And like, I would drop the, you know, and like, ah, but it would scare me. Cause I think, what if this happens again? Like, I'm not, I'm almost not in control of myself. Even though I was, I wasn't, it was weird. And so, um, I packed my bags and I should have been driving, but I packed my bags. I was living in Lafayette at the time with um, a pair of jeans, a shoe, and a razor to shave my legs with. And that was what I packed him. I mean, that's how, like, out of it I was. Like, I just packed yeah. this bag of just random stuff. Right. A shoe. A shoe. Not no two yeah. shoes. A shoe. Yeah, I mean, I just Was had it no, a cute shoe? I, mean, I, don't I, even, I, don't I think know. it was, like, a tennis shoe, honestly. <laughs> I don't even know. And so, um, I mean, I literally have so little rec- recollection during this time. It's really yeah. wild. Um, so I drive home. I, my parents like, hi. And they knew something was going on. I mean, because my mom had come up. She's the one who taken me to the doctor. But for everyone, it was just so far off because it was like, that's not you. You know what I'm saying? That was just such a strange thing, you know. And so when I showed up, my parents like, oh, goodness, this is this is serious. I mean, she would never leave school. And so I was like, mom, I don't, dad, I don't know what to do. I'm just, this is me. I'm here. So I, they helped me. I dropped out of school. We moved all my stuff back. And um, I stayed with my parents. I stayed, I dropped out of school that semester. I stayed with my parents, and I would um, sleep on their floor because I was afraid. I told my mom I was afraid to be near knives or anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't really I, – I don't know if I really would have done it, but the fact that, I mean, I was just – I wasn't I wasn't right. Yeah. Um, I stayed with my grandparents. I mean, literally when my mom left for work, she would drive me to my grandparents' house. I didn't drive. <laughs> wow. She would drive me to my parents, grandparents' house. I'd stay with them, and they were so precious to me and, like, just so wonderful. They loved the Lord and were just a huge light at that time. And that's what I did. And so in that, so my mom obviously is like, we got to get some help. So I didn't have a church here in Shreveport. And at that time, I mean, really, we didn't know about Christian counselors in Shreveport. But my parents weren't really connected uh, real strong to a, to a church that could offer me anything. I'm not even sure if there were. I guess there were. I mean, it was, you know, 17 years ago, maybe there were. And But my aunt, who lived in Rockwall, knew of a really great Christian counselor in Dallas that she had been to. And so once a week. We drove to Dallas, and I went to go see this woman, and she was amazing. Wow. And she's the one who kind of said, okay, you're depressed. <laughs> Let's put a name to it. You're depressed. Yeah. Um, and really, she was, she, you know, it was, she explained that, Andrea, this is a physical thing that's happening to you. There are chemicals in your mind. Are, you know, she explained all the things about serotonin and all this stuff. She said, that's why we're going to, you know, I did get on medicine. It didn't take care of the depression, but it did take the edge off of, like, the high, high, high anxiety. At least I could have some clarity of thought. Um, took away suicidal thoughts, for sure. I wasn't didn't feel suicidal at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also, though, on top of that, because that would have never just worked on its own for me, you know. Um, she's the one, so she said it's depression. She explained what it was physically. But she said, you know, this is a spiritual attack. You're being attacked spiritually. And for me, that was... I was like, but I don't understand. Like, I'm serving God. Like, I knew, like, you know, I knew the Bible said that, like, you know, I knew Jesus said, you know, in this world, troubles will come. I got that, you know, but I thought that meant, like, you might not get the job you want or things are going to happen bad around you. Things will affect you somehow. It never occurred to me, like, the enemy 
will try to attack you. And I honestly feel like it was a plan to take me out. Yeah, it became I'm, personal. Yes, yeah. yes, that's exactly it. It was um, it was a spiritual attack. And that's what she said. She said, Andrea, it's a spiritual attack that's affected you physically and mentally and emotionally, obviously. So we're going to help with the physical and emotional part and, and, you know, that mental part. She said, but we've got to attack this spiritually. And so she was the first one uh, we that really taught me um, to about the word. Um, people were like, pray. And I was like, I'm praying. I don't know what to do. I'm begging, you know, I'm, I, but I didn't know I was ignorant. And the, and the Bible's very clear, um, without knowledge, my people will perish. His own people perish without knowledge. And I did not have the knowledge of the word. So she was the first person to be like, this is what God says about you. This is what God says about your mind. And you're going to speak this. You're going to pray in the Holy Spirit, even when you don't feel it. Because at that point, I realized I knew a lot of do's and don'ts of the word. I was reading the word. But to me, it was like, I was so happy that I wasn't doing all the things I was doing before that before when I read the word, I was like, oh man, oh God, oh God, I'm doing all those things. Oh, it wasn't yeah. like a love message. It was like, oh gosh, Lord help me. I'm, I'm so messed up. Yeah. And so then after I got saved, I was like, ooh, ooh, it said, it said you shouldn't be drunk. Ooh, I'm not drunk. Yay. You know, it <laughs> says you shouldn't be sleeping around. Ooh, I'm not sleeping around. Yay. So it was like, you know, these do's and don'ts that I yeah. finally felt like I'd gotten right on some level. And I knew it wasn't me. I knew the Lord had delivered me, but you know, that it wasn't, that's what he's saying over me, you know? And so she taught me and, um, that was the first step. She said, you're going to pray in the Holy spirit. You're going to speak the word over yourself. And I did it for a, for quite a while and felt nothing. We, we did scriptures, um, of what the, you know, what the word says about my mind or what the word says about my heart. I realized there's a lot of healing in my heart that needed to take place from things that had happened. Um, but it started. So I, I did it. It didn't. I felt nothing. I mean, I remember even thinking, like, this is almost stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was like, but <laughs> um, I got nothing else. Right. <laughs> and so um, I started doing that. And the Lord, the Word started taking effect. The Lord started moving. And um, and what was yeah. that? What was that like? Well, first, let me backtrack. Okay. How long did you see this particular counselor? I saw her for probably close to about four months, once a week. Uh-huh. And then whenever it was like the, I had to go through a couple different medicine, things like that, whenever it started taking effect and like she could see that like there was some progress we make. She was in Dallas. I mean, we were talking, you know, three, three and a half hours away. Uh, yeah, that's and thank hike. goodness I had family there. But my mom, I mean, she really sacrificed a lot. I mean, she was working at the time. So every weekend after teaching all week, she would take me there. It's a big deal, you know, um, for months. And so after that, though, she, uh, we would call a couple times a week and she would do a conference call okay. with a conference. I say conference, it was me and her. Yeah. But I um, mean, I would have a time set in my room and it would be, you know, we would do the same things we did in our office, but you know, she could, you know, we would yeah. talk and, and she knew my family. She knew, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of connections there. So, so that was for about probably a couple more months after that. Okay. So while you were seeing her and, you know, she's <clears throat> given you all these practical and, and mm-hmm. spiritual tools to use and you said you felt nothing. Mm-mm. What was that frustrating? Yes. Well, it was frustrating. Yes, it was frustrating because it. Well, and here's why I ask this question. Cause I want you to finish that answer, mm-hmm. but here's why I ask. Because I think a lot of times, and well, even as a believer, I mean, I'm even speaking for me, but I think a lot of times Christianity or relationship with God is viewed as this like easy button, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. and it's like everything will go away and like your life is going to be so much easier. When I 
believe it's kind of the opposite, truthfully, yeah. because yeah. now you have the knowledge and the awareness of like, oh, I have to forgive. That's really hard. Yeah, <laughs> right. I have right. to like, you know, extend grace and all whatever. But um, and so I think it's a, a common misconception. Where it's like pray. Well, I prayed and nothing happened, so I right. guess God's I not real. Press. Like yes, yes. Like well, I prayed and so and so didn't get healed from cancer, or I prayed and I didn't right. get the job, so yeah. you know. And it's kind of like that. Like God's not an easy button. So for He's you, <laughs> and I know you were new in yeah. your faith as well, but that's why I asked if it was frustrating. It was frustrating, and I'll and I'll say speak to that in two two ways. One was it was frustrating, and I think the frustrating part comes because the the. Jesus says in his words, he's very clear, come to me all who are weary, come to me who all who can't rest, and I will put, you will take my burden, and you can take my yoke, and it's easy, and it, his yoke is easy, but the frustrating part comes when you're trying to surrender, like you're so used to controlling things and doing things and mm-hmm. you making it okay, and to allow Jesus and trust him with the time and with the process that's the frustrating part. So when you finally can, it's like, oh, there is an ease to it. There is a a less burden some way, you know. But, yeah, it was very frustrating. It was like, Lord, what am I doing? But I remember it was kind of funny because I was like, um, I, I remember being in my bedroom at home, and I'm talking to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I don't, I can't go back to what I was because I know too much. Like, I can't go back there, you know. Yeah. Like, that, that that's not going to help. <laughs> like, I, I know you. I know you're real. I know you're powerful. I didn't know you were powerful before. I know you're powerful now. I didn't know quite if you were real before. I know you're real now. So we're face to face, you know, like, yeah, I can't get away from that. And it reminded me, and I actually started reading, and it, there was a point in the Bible where the disciples, there was a lot of disciples of Jesus, and some had started turning away because he was saying things that were hard to understand. They could not understand them and comprehend them with their minds, so they turned away. And... I rem- and, and so Jesus asked his disciples, he said, are, are y'all going to leave too? These people have turned away. Are you going to go? And I think it's like Peter who says, where are we going to go? You're the son of God. So it was kind of like, we might not understand, but where else do we go? You're it. And that's how I felt like mm-hmm. I don't understand the Lord. It is frustrating, but you're all I have. <laughs> you're the son of God. I know that. I know you're Jesus. I know you're real. I know you rose from the dead. I know. So we're going to, we're going to do this, you know, and I kind of almost had like a stubbornness. I mean, I, I have, I can be a little stubborn. So I think in some ways it helped me because I was like, Oh Lord, we going to do this, you know, kind of like, keep <laughs> yeah. doing, you know, like we're going to do this. That God given stubbornness. Yes, actually was used yes, for... yes, exactly. And so, um, and so we did. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, and I, and it set a standard in my heart for what the Lord could do. It did from that point on, it's like, I know that even though the enemy brought that to me, I know the Lord saw that before I was ever born. I mean, it says, you know, all of our days are written. He knows. And it set a standard for what I would allow in my life and what I could fight in my life. And I'm not saying me, but what I knew the Lord could do. So anything, any trial that came my way later on, you know, through marriage, through children, through miscarriage, through my father passing, through moves, through not understanding things, it was like, Mm-mm. God's word works. God is real. He will get me through this. His word outlasts every circumstance I'm going through. And so it kind of like, like a, it just like something happened in my heart where it was like, nope, this is it. Mm-hmm. Like we're in. Yeah. <laughs> we're in. We're in this together, you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So it was first, I mean, I remember a time that um, I really think about this. I remember telling the Lord, like, 
I should be getting real honest because I hadn't been real honest up to that point. You know, I'd been doing all the right things and so proud of myself for doing all the right things. <laughs> but um, I was like, yeah, you know. But um, I remember finally telling the Lord, like, I want to want you, Lord. I don't want you right now. I can't go back there, but I don't want you. Mm-hmm. But I want to want you. And and I remember even saying, like, tell the Lord, like, I know you love me, but I don't know why I should care. And I was just real honest. And I think that mm-hmm. was a turning point to being honest with the Lord. Like, this is where I am. I'm not leaving. But, I mean, at, I realized at that point I really hadn't had any revelation of his love. Like, I'd, I'd gotten a revelation of being free. Yeah. And I got a revelation of that he had a purpose for me. And those were huge. But a revelation of his love I hadn't gotten. It was like I was still doing this on my own, and I wasn't after his heart, you know. And, um, and yeah, I just remember telling the Lord, like, I want, I, want, I want to care that you love me, Lord. I really do. Yeah. I want to know your love and care about it. What? Yeah. <laughs> so. And that, I mean, that's a hard place to be. I mean, yeah, because it was like I'm just not feeling it. And yeah. it wasn't just a feeling. It was just like I don't care. Like, I mean, I just yeah. was trying to – I wasn't – I wasn't, it wasn't, I don't care. And I'm just going to say, okay, I don't care and turn away. It was just like, well, I don't care, but help me. Right. You know, like, I, I don't want to go this. back there, but I don't really want to be here. Either. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I can't just, but like this, so <laughs> you kind of got to do something. Lord. Where, where do I go? Like, um, so you said you hadn't had a revelation of his love. So when mm-hmm. did you get that? Honestly, it was a couple days later. I mean, that's how oh, fat. it snap. was like, yeah, it was like, I remember telling the Lord that and it was just like, and, and I kind of went like, to okay. bed. Yeah, I know. All right. Yeah. And, um, and I, and at that point, like I had been, I think what made that happen in me was because I'd been speaking these scriptures over my life. Like the Lord loves you. And it made me realize, and I mean, it wasn't just like God loves you, but all, a lot of stuff too, but all the love scriptures made me realize like, but I don't, it made me realize I didn't care that he loved me. That sounds bad, but it was like, oh, I Lord, I want to, I want that in my life, but I don't, I want to want that in my life. How about that? And so it was a couple of days later, like I was, it's like, I remember I was in my bedroom. I was in my bed waking up and it was like, and there was this, um, the more, the light and the sunlight always like hit my room real well. But that morning I woke up and it was like a light. And I know that sounds so crazy. It wasn't a vision. It was nothing like that. It felt like the light in my room was so much lighter. And I woke up with like a lightness in me and all I could think was that scripture, John three sixteen. It's, I mean, it's like the scripture we all know. It's the only scripture I probably have memorized at the time. For God so loved the world. And it hit me. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Like, and it's, you can say the words all day long, but it just became a revelation to me. Like, how deep his love was. I mean, and even we still don't know how deep his love is. But you know what I'm saying? It just became mm-hmm. like... And, like, it just filled me up. Like, I don't know. And I was just, like, and it kind of was, like, at that point, I was, like, he's going to do this for me. He's going to deliver. Like, I'm going to get through this because he loves me. Like, that's what matters. Like, he loves me. And so, and, like, even now, like, if I find that I'm having, like, if I'm going through a really rough time or even days where I'm, like, oh, like, I'm just frustrated. I feel kind of off from the Lord. If I can just remember, like, oh, he loves me. He loves me. That revelation will come back. And I'll be, like, Ooh, but we're going to be okay. God loves me. That's what's missing from my day. I forgot he loves me. Yeah. You know, he loves me. And so that was a, a big turning point for me. Mm-hmm. And the Lord responded. I mean, I was honest and he responded and it helped me from uh, that point on. Cause I was right. like, Oh, I can be honest too. Okay, Lord, <laughs> we're about to get a lot of things. We accomplished. Might, we're about to talk real <laughs> yeah, deep. Like, get real honest. No, I love that. I love, like you said, you, you spoke and he responded. Mm-hmm. I mean, a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He responded, and I mean, it happened in my bedroom. Most yeah. of the things that happened, although I, I went to church and I went up for 
hands being laid on me, things like that. And, and I love my church. I was so glad to be plugged in because it connected me. But most of the revelation I got was in my bedroom. When I yeah. think back to the time, it, I always go back to my bedroom because that's cool. where I'll spend time with the Lord. Yeah. And it, this keeps coming back to me. Like this phrase keeps coming back to me again. It was personal. Mm-hmm. It you was know? like it, it, it was personal. And in a, in a way, it was so personal when the enemy attacked me. And I always say this, like, I wasn't prepared for the fight, but God showed up anyway. You know, like I was not prepared. Mm-hmm. I, pff, he, the enemy, he knew right when he was going to, like, you know, like he is mm-hmm. not like, he's not waiting for us to be prepared. You know, he knew right when my weak spot was, I wasn't prepared, but it's like, God still showed up. God, God was prepared, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, it was personal. And the only way it wasn't going to be handled in front of people, mm-hmm. you know, and um, now with people, absolutely. But not in front, you know, yeah. I mean, like yeah. definitely with connections and community and, and the right people in my life. But it, it was between, it was between me and God. Yeah. You know. So how did you, what was kind of your standing up point of, like when you had this revelation mm-hmm. and, you know, your Christian, your counselor had been giving you the tools yes. and everything. But what was, what was the point where you were like on your way out of it? Oh, I'm trying to think. I honestly don't. Um, Probably that when I got, I'd been speaking the word of myself, praying and um, when I got that revelation, all of a sudden the words started making a little more sense and it started getting a little less frustrating. And it was like, okay, it wasn't that it was happening in my life at that point, but I could see that it was going to. Like mm-hmm. it, he was a good God. That's what I knew. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a good God. He loves me. He's not going to let me down. And so whenever, and, and so from that point, it started to become kind of like this uphill. Like I was like, okay, okay. And I mean, that's just, it kind of kept going. I kept speaking the word. I kept going to church. I kept being around the right people. I kept, I did not listen to things I, that I only listened. I only listened to worship music, not even Christian music, worship music. I mm-hmm. only listened to worship music. I did not watch the sad movies. I didn't, I mean, she, and that's one thing she talked to me about. Like, don't let that stuff, that stuff that, that everything you see and you hear gets in your spirit. Like your spirit has to fight that somehow. Like, is it, is it building up your spirit? Or is it something that has to attack? Cause it's already attacking you know, your spirit's already working on this side. Do you want to, you want to help it? You know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it, it just started going. And by that January, I was back in school. I was still, um, but I was out of that. You know, I still was battling it. I mean, it took, I mean, it took a couple years to wow. be like, to really feel, um, not to feel, I hate to use the word feelings. It wasn't a feeling process, but to be, uh, just to, for complete and total, like, okay, this, this is over, you yeah. know, like I'm still, and I still kept doing the same things I was doing, but it like to be like, okay, I'm a, I'm okay. To this feel that over. release mm-hmm. from it. Mm-hmm. And how, you said you were on medication. I was. And how long um, was I was that? on medication for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I was, and I remember it was very, uh, very difficult for me to be on medication because I felt like, um, I felt like the Lord, I felt like I was less, like, Lord, I can't even believe that I'm off medication. Like, I can't even. And I felt like it was going to be a testimony of people, like, what the Lord couldn't do. I mean, I did. I felt like yeah. that. And um, and I didn't want to be on medication also because I didn't think anyone would ever marry me like that. That was my big fear. No one's mm-hmm. going to want me. No one's ever going to want me. And when I want to have kids, how am I going to ever get off medication? I mean, so the enemy was putting fear in me for sure. Like, no yeah. one's going to want you that like that. You can't be pregnant and be on medication like that. You're never going to be off children. And those were things I believed. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm never. So it would. So what would happen is I would get off the medication, like, oh, no, okay, I can't do that. And then I would have, um, the depression wouldn't come back as swift, but it would, 
I would definitely see some signs. I'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, you know, signs of like what had happened before. So I was like, I got to get back on. So I get back on. I get, you know, I'd kind of go back and forth. And I remember um, it was so funny because I, so it was like, you know, been going through that for like a couple years. And, um, and like I said, it was never as severe as it was from that first point, but I could, I knew the signs. So, you know, when I got off medication, medication a couple weeks later, I'd be like, oh man, I'm starting this anxiety, starting to come back major. This is my thought processes, you know, and, um, well, not necessarily my thought process, more just like that glue, that darkness I felt. And, uh, finally it was so funny. I, um, I went up. Uh, word of life was having something I don't know and I went up to the front I was that person all the time <laughs> deliver me and so um, help me, 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 pick me, me pick me pick me pick me give me work give me work and so um, and so I went up and like someone laid hands on me and actually I fell out and that did not happen a lot for me at all but I fell out and I was on the ground and I remember the Lord just kind of speaking to my heart and he said you can stay on or you can stay off but it doesn't change how I feel about you it doesn't change my purpose it doesn't change it doesn't change me it doesn't change you and I was like, it was such a relief. Like, it was like this. And it was probably like a, about a month later, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to get off. And I never got back on again. Wow. It was just kind of like this release. Like, because I think so, for so long, I'd done things out of fear. Yeah. And I mean, that's just not how the Lord, the Lord never works out of fear or rash decisions. And I just, I said, I think I'm going to get off. And I felt a peace. I said, okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, I, and I did. I never even really, it was fine. Wow. Never got back on. I mean, that was 17, 18 years ago. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were some, so I've never battled depression mm-hmm. or anxiety really. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I, I have no experience in that. Yeah. So can you kind of walk me through, <laughs> so how much time do you have today? Um, but kind of what was a day, just the day-to-day like for you when you were in the middle of that? Ooh. I mean, I was... Oh, God. The day-to-day, I'm trying to think. It was, they were long days. (laughs) They were very long, 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 long days. Um, When I was in the middle of it and trying, and I had been to the counselor, but I still wasn't like out, you know, still very much. It was a lot of renewing. It was a lot of catching my thoughts. I felt like every second I was catching thoughts and going, nope. That's not what the word says. No. And that was probably some frustration too. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I'm thinking all like my thoughts. And I, what, and I would say, and that's not what the word says. And I put the word back in and the thoughts would come. That's not the word says. And I put the word back, you know, like, and it was constant, constant. And over time, I mean, it got less constant, you know, mm-hmm. eventually like the word really started settling in my heart and it became a, you know, those, those thoughts would come back easy. Nope. You know, it was just, yeah. But um, it was very long days. Was that exhausting? Um, so exhausting. So exhausting, and I couldn't sleep. Oh. I was very, very. I was, and I that um, you know, and it was exhausting. It was mentally exhausting. Um, I cried a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a lot of that out of frustration, and um, I was con. And whenever you have anxiety, I was just everything. I look back now, and I'm like, oh, that was crazy. How much things would overwhelm me, but everything overwhelmed me. Small decisions, the smallest, I would go back and forth in my head constantly when it didn't matter. But I couldn't, couldn't stop almost. Like, I'd just stop, get so aggravated. So a lot of my days were just, I mean, that's why I went to my grandmother's and my grandfather's because that I would go to them and it was, we'd go garden. I would drink tea with them on their porch. So it, I had to be with people because me by myself with my mind, it was maddening. It was tormenting. That's, that's the best word for it. It was a torment, constant mm-hmm. torment in my mind um, that I felt no relief from. 
I slept. I mean, when I could sleep, I slept. But um, yeah, it was, and then and it interrupted my whole life. It interrupted in my everyday. Like I wasn't functioning like a normal person. And so going, being with my grandparents helped and doing things helped, you know, think, you know, and, and they were, they loved the Lord. And so they would say, they would talk about the Lord and just hearing that all the time and how good God is. And, and my grandmother was always one of those. Um, she's like a huge influence in my life, but she loved her flowers and loved nature. And she just saw the Lord and everything. And she'd be like, oh, Andrea, oh, look at this beautiful flower. Oh, look what the Lord did. Oh, and everything was like such a treasure to her. Mm-hmm. So being around that was just like the most refreshing thing ever. And it was just like little glimpses, like God is so good. Like a little flower, yeah. like God is so good. And I would just like cry, God's so good. You know, but um, yeah, I mean, without the proper care, it was long tormenting days. Yeah. And you said this was about 17 years ago? Mm-hmm. I was like 20. Yep, I was tw- about 21. Okay. Mm-hmm. So since you've been free from depression, mm-hmm. have there ever been any bouts that have tried to sneak up? Like, have you felt it tried to creep back up? Yeah, not ever to that extent. Never to that extent. I mean, never to that extent. That yeah. was crazy. Um, but there was... Um, I can know, I will notice things in my head, like when all, cause it's so different from the way I think, like, it's not really necessarily depression that will try to creep up more anxiety, which I think sometimes can lead to that depression. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I've, I've always been a very type A person, kind of high strung. I like to plan. I like to, you know, I'm, and, um, I say high strung, but yeah. I'm a, I can be much. I can, I can be a little extra in that area. And so um, it's all right. So I've had to definitely, um, that's kind of tried to creep up. And like middle of the night, like waking up, like, you know, that's mm-hmm. usually when it does. And I'll have to say, nope, that's not. And I, I grab a word. I know the word. I mean, I, I know the word when it comes to stuff like that. That is not the will of God. That is not okay. God, you are for me and not against me. I cast these cares on you. Because the word says the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking those he can devour. If we don't cast our cares on him, that's when the enemy devours us. So I'm like, nope, I give that. Whatever the thought is, I will literally, I mean, my husband, I don't know if he ever, he notices, I'm sure, but I will sit up in bed, get out of my, get out of my sleep and wake myself up because of the, and I'll say, I cast this concern on you, Lord. This is my care. And I tell him right then, this is my care. I cast it on you. It's all on you. I trust mm-hmm. you. I'm going back to sleep. That's the will of God for my life. Because I think the Lord's like, yes, take, yes, let me take it. You know, because I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not, yeah. I'm not losing sleep. I'm not losing peace. I will not. That's incredible. And so that's what I, and, and there have been, so if anything, it's anxiety, but I will say there was one time, um, this was actually, I mean, it wasn't, it's not funny, but, um, when I first started teaching, I was, it was very stressful. And I think the stress kind of led to like, um, anxiety and anxiety led to a depression. And I noticed it was kind of coming on, but I also had my two-year-old at the time, Trey and I were student pastoring. We were in Joaquin, Texas, and um, probably felt a little isolated. I wasn't ever, I, I never really got used to living kind of far from people, um, even though, I, I mean, I love the people there. But, um, and so I was just so busy, but I was so stressed. I was, oh my gosh, just so stressed, so, so anxious about school. It was just a lot, um, a lot of pressure I felt. And, um, and then just all the other things. And we, and I, and I, even though I didn't call it depression, I knew I felt anxious. I knew I, I still didn't call it depression. I don't know. I still couldn't see that. It was like, you know, it was weird. Although I could feel it starting to come on me. I hadn't said to myself, like, you're feeling depressed. I think I was a little scared to say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh. Um, but I was at church and, um, uh, our pastor, pastor Chris said, um, 
He said, you know, there's someone here. He said, and it, this is so unlike you. This is not your personality. That's why, that's why you know, I know this is, this is not you, but depression has come on you and it's just not you. Like if someone, it's just not your personality. It's not you. And I immediately, when he said that, like, I was like, whoop, that's it. Like, that's me. Like I immediately like pegged it like, oh my goodness, depression has come on me. And so I went up there. I mean, I was like bawling. I mean, I was, I, I think I ran up there. I was like, that's me, you know? And, um, and he said, it's you. And he looked at me, he was like, it is you, it's you. Like, you know, he didn't know that, but he was like, it's you. And so he prayed for me. And because I knew the word, like he prayed for me, I started speaking the word some more because I kind of let that go a little bit, just being busy and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it immediately, like it wasn't gone. It, it, yeah, it was gone. It's like wow. I started speaking the word. And I mean, when he laid hands on me, I really felt that release. And then just because my, I mean, I was, I was an older Christian and my faith was built up. My, you know, I knew what the Lord could do and I started speaking the word and it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was done. So yeah, I mean, the enemy will try to, you know, so that was the last time, like depression, probably try. But anxiety, I have to definitely be on top of that, and I and I do that also by just speaking the word, even if I'm not anxious, just about peace, and what the Lord says about me, and what the Lord says about my day. Yeah. And I think as you get older, and you know, you just develop your relationship with the Lord, and see what all He can do, and see, you know, and trials come, and the Bible says, you know, you you mature through those trials. I think it's easier to let that happen. Yeah. You know, because it's like, okay, you've done it, done it all these times before, you're gonna do it again. So I'm just gonna. Let so, you have it. Here we go. I'm gonna go to sleep. <laughs> no, I love that. I I, and I, I especially love what you said about when you wake up out of a sleep and you're like, "Hey, we ain't doing this. Right. Good night." You know, yeah, and and you can truly lay down and mm-hmm. sleep in peace. Yeah. You know, which I mean, God says that He grants us sweet sleep. That's right. You know, that's but right. I think that's really cool because it's so counterintuitive to our natural mind. Yes. Right. Like if we wake up with you know, PTSD, a flashback, a nightmare, mm-hmm. a trigger, whatever it may be. Yeah. It's so counterintuitive for us to go say, hey, Lord, I, to let I'm, it putting, go. Yeah, it's, I'm going yeah. back to sleep because you got me. You and know? my mind screams to figure it out. Right. I'm going to say that. My mind goes, figure it out. What's the problem? It. Figure it out. Solve yeah. it. Figure it out. Do it. Because I'm kind of like that. Like, I, I like to figure things. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm like that anyways. Um but you have to know when there's things you can't figure out. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to do. So you do. And that's like No, that's amazing. I, th- and that's so powerful. And, and I like what you said, too, about the preventative mm-hmm. care of it. Like, you don't wait till anxiety strikes. Mm-hmm. You yeah. go ahead and do the preventative right. side now. Yeah. And I think that's really important, too, because I, in, even for me, I'm speaking for myself right now, but I don't think about that kind of stuff. A lot of times I don't even think about that stuff until yeah. it's in front of my face. Right. I mean, and I'm like, oh, now I'm faced with this. So, okay, yeah, I got to so do natural. Yeah. X, Y, Z. But yeah. to do the preventative side of it, mm-hmm. waking up in the morning, speaking those, mm-hmm. speaking that scripture, praying, you know, yes, and saying like, hey, today, right. like, my burden, you know, yeah. is is your burden is light, right. and, it, and, and I, I, have I think scriptures. Really cool. Yeah, I put scriptures on my phone. I have scriptures for me, for me and Trey, for the youth, for my kids. Mm-hmm. I have scriptures above where I wash my dishes. I just because I always I've want seen it. that in yeah. your house. I just want, and, and they're not yeah. really. They're just kind of like things I've thought to put up there. That sometimes I wash my dishes. I'm like, oh Lord, it says you are my source. You are my source. That's right. It says you give me everything I need. Yep, you give me everything. You know, it's just stuff to like, yeah. and it says to you know go into waters of the deep, and and you'll and you'll help me in there. It's a, you know, so I just kind of. Um, it, that's big, that was such a 
important part that I never thank God let go of. I mean, there's been times where it's kind of like slipped and I'm like, mm-hmm. whoop, got to get, and I can feel it. I'm like, got to get that back. I got to. Yeah. And not saying it's like a, you speak the word, everything is easy peasy, but the word works. I mean, the word works. It'll, everything will pass away. The word stays forever. Yeah. And you just have to get that in your head and your heart and, mm-hmm. and I'm not backing down. I don't care. Yeah. You know. And I want I want to circle way back mm-hmm. okay. to like back. probably the first sentence of when you started the <laughs> story. Good. So we're gonna be cool. Um, <laughs> but you said that you you were new in your faith. Yes. When this depression had mm-hmm. set in and kind of and just blindsided you, mm-hmm. and you mentioned that you had been freed from the lifestyle that you mm-hmm. were living. So can you talk a little bit about that lifestyle? Yeah. Um, let me start at the beginning. Now. Uh, well, no. Like okay. So when I was ten. I mean, I really am starting at the beginning. But when I was 10, I gave my life to the Lord. I remember it. I remember, I remember truly feeling convicted and repenting. And, like, it was a serious decision for me. Um, and I look back. I mean, I remember, and I wasn't, like, an emotional child. I really wasn't even that deep of a child. But I remember crying. be like, Lord, I don't, I just recognized I had sin. And it, really, I was 10. I was a pretty, I mean, I had a pretty easy life. I did not come from, like, a really crazy background. I mean, you know, you have some mm-hmm. people who are like, oh, I came from this. I mean, I parents who love me, you know, but I knew, like, I was just convicted. And so I got saved and, um, but I got saved. The enemy immediately came. It's crazy when I think the difference between my fifth grade self and my sixth grade self. Um, I was so innocent in fifth grade. I was so, and I, and I kept some of that innocence in middle school, but by the time I was sixth grade, I'd started smoking. Um, by the time I was in eighth grade, I, I mean, I, throughout middle school, I drank, by the time I was in eighth grade, I was smoking pot. By the time I was in high school, I mean, like, I partied, majorly partied, um, to a point where I never actually socially drank. I never, up to that point, drank a a drink. I drank and I got drunk mm-hmm. every time. Mm-hmm. Like, I never at that point just, I'm going to try something. Never. Um, addiction does run in my family, so that was an easy... I remember wanting to do it, to be honest. Like, I remember yeah. wanting... I wanted that. I, and this sounds really weird. I wanted to to experiment. I wanted to party. I wanted people to like me. It was such a thrill and a pull that um, I just went over, you know, like kind of whoop. Yeah. And um, I wasn't really promiscuous at that time. That was kind of like my like thing, like, oh, Lord, I'm going to do all this, but I'm not going to give that part up, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I really didn't want, that really didn't tempt me at that time. So by then, so then I went off to college and um, things really went downhill. Um, at that point, I was just partying so much and doing it. So I'll say this. When I was senior in high school, I had a boyfriend. We did. Um, we had sex. And that was the probably, I think, I kind of just let go of everything. Like, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. well, I, that one thing I was, like, saving for the Lord. Kind of like that one thing that yeah. I really was trying to be good at. I didn't, I couldn't be good at it. So at that point, it just all was like, and so, um, so freshman, sophomore year of college, I just, I mean, it was, I did things I never thought I'd do. I just think, I'm like, I, had you told me I would have done any of those things, I would have called you a liar. Like, there's no way I would have laughed in your face. Like, no, Uh, my sophomore year, I began dating an atheist and okay. Yeah. He was, I dated an atheist. And because uh, we were in the same party and group, he was a sorority. I, he was a fraternity boy. I was a little sorority girl, and, but he wasn't atheist. I mean, he didn't just like tell me that. But oh, yeah. as we're our, you know, relationship progresses, I do realize this. Um, and but actually, like the Lord kind of used this atheist because he would say things like 
he knew that I would try to read my Bible. I would try to do these things, you know, like, because <laughs> I was like, I knew it the right way, you know. And I remember even like telling the Lord sometimes if I was real honest, like, Lord, I know you have, I, I know you have something for me, but I can't do it. Because I was so, I wasn't good. I never thought I'd get away from that lifestyle. I mm-hmm. never did. I remember thinking like, I won't get married. I won't have kids because I can't let them in on this. Like it was wow. so far gone. And so, um, or I felt so far gone. And I, and, I, and I also knew the responsibility of, ch- I was not going to raise children in a home that didn't serve God because I knew how important that was. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I knew that. And um, I will say this, he would say a lot of things that like question the Bible, obviously. He was very anti the Bible. He wasn't just a non-believer. He was not like, this is why there is no God. And so I probably mm-hmm. had a lot of those atheistic influences in my head, already going to college, already hearing things from professors with him. Things that sometimes made sense logically, you know? Yeah. So I'm sure that affected me later with the whole, you know, mind being scattered and not knowing what to do. Uh, but he would say things like, well, what's the difference between me and you? Like, we're doing the exact same things. But like, But you're like, what, you believe in God and I don't? So, so what? Like, you know, like, so what's the, there's no difference. Like, what? And, and I started going, oh, okay, yeah, there's. There's no difference. And it started really, like, I really feel like the Lord, I know the Lord used that. Like, it convicted me. I was like, absolutely. there is truly no difference. I, honestly, I was worse than he was. <laughs> I mean, there was no difference, and I was worse. But mm. I was saying, like, God's real, and sure, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And he's like, okay. <laughs> like, says who? You? You know? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Says, I mean, I stopped preaching. I didn't. I never really preached. I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And so... Um, <laughs> Because up oh, to that man. point, yeah, up to that point, like, I had, um, I really didn't know many people who were truly serving God. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew people who were good people and got drunk with me every once in a while and said they love God. But to me, as soon as you got drunk with me, I was like, yep, you're out. Like, you know, like, nope, you're on my side. Like, yeah. And that's how, I mean, I really felt like I need to get you to do whatever I do so I don't feel bad about what I'm doing. Because if you're doing what I'm doing, then God's not that powerful. And so he can't work in my life so I can still sin. That's exactly how wow. I feel. I mean, now, when I put words to it, it's pretty crazy. But um, <laughs> it's kind of demented. But that's how I, but, that's how I felt. <laughs> yeah, but so, it, you I mean, you were justified. Oh, yeah, right. I was in, justified in that. In, and your, so, you in know, your eyes. Right, in my eyes. And so, because up to that point, like, like, I mean, I was that kid who showed up a couple weeks before the ski trip or camp. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. We're going to, yeah, I mean. Let's go to youth camp. That's great. Or let's go to I totally ski go here. trip. I totally go here. <laughs> and I did have a church that we kind of went to in elementary school. But, I mean, by the time I was in middle school and high school, I was not even a Christmas Easter kind of person. Like, I just went to everyone's mall. I mean, yeah. I literally, this is embarrassing. I went to youth group, and me and my friend would go. And then we would um, go straight out the other doors and go to someone's house and come back to youth and pretend we'd been there the whole time. And our parents would pick. I mean, like, it was just horrible. Wow. Horrible, horrible. I didn't want to be in church. I knew what I was doing was wrong. You yeah. know, there was no way I was walking in there and getting convicted. Like, yeah. That wasn't happening, you know. And I really honestly was one of those people, too. I didn't want to be, I didn't want anyone seeing me in church and seeing me party. I couldn't. Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm not. You couldn't handle it. I was an all-in kind of gal. <laughs> you I were was, committed. I was committed, right. <laughs> and um, so, anyways, so the atheist says this. And this whole time, though, this is interesting. So my whole sophomore year, I'm dating an atheist. But at the beginning of sophomore year, um, I had a girl I was in the sorority with, and she ended up quitting the sorority. And she, her name was Amber, and she was awesome. And she start, she's, she gave her life over the Lord. 
and um, she was going to church and she would invite me to church. And it was like a whew, Holy Ghost, like I really like something was happening in that church at the time. I didn't know it that I didn't realize at that time. I look back, I'm like, God, the Lord was really moving, you know. I mean, and she was inviting me to church the whole time I'm dating this atheist. So it's like the you know you can see this like kind of dichotomous thing happening there. Uh-huh. And um and she invited me to church and she had asked me because I'd had other people ask me and I wouldn't go. There was all kinds of things. I'm like, I'm not going. I'm just not doing that. And she invited me and something just said, yeah. I mean, I, I think something way down deep yearned for some freedom, for something, for a change, not just a change. I knew the Lord. I knew he was real. I didn't know he was powerful. And so we went, and this is really funny. So it's a Wednesday night and we go and there's, um, it's a, it's Assembly of God Church there. And there is a, um, van, uh, no, a comedian, a Christian comedian. He's, he comes, I don't know what he said. I have no idea. I literally cried the whole time. And she's looking at me and she's like, Andrea, like cried laughing or cried I had not cried, <laughs> cried, I'm bawling. And she's looking at me and she's like, are you okay? Are, are you like, she just kind of is stunned. Cause I was not a crier. I was, I was always like, yeah, I was like the party, but I'd show no, I really never got deep with anyone. Never really, you know, um, cause I couldn't do that, you know? And, um, but it was like the first time I'd probably cried in years. I didn't cry. Um, and I felt, I literally remember walking that place and just sitting there and feeling like I'm home. And I just cried and cried wow. and cried. And um, and that's how I always think of, like, the Lord. I always felt like he was calling me home. Like, come home, come back, come home, you know. And um, I don't know. I just always felt that. And so I cried and cried and cried. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I didn't feel bad. I just felt like a, like a release. But that, like, I was just like, oh, my goodness. And so she keeps inviting me to church. And every once in a while I'll go with her. And every single time I go, it's just like that kind of experience where I'm just like, Oh, you know, just crying and just like, I feel like I'm home, but I have this other part of me that's doing all these things. And um, long story short, so I'm still dating an atheist and I'm about to go to Spain to finish my minor in Spanish. And um, you have a minor in Spanish? Mm-hmm, I have a minor in Spanish. I did not and know so, that about you. Yes, I do. <laughs> but before I go to Spain, I break up with atheists. I'm like, I can't do this because I knew, like, I was like, it's over. Like, you can't. But I tell the Lord before I go to Spain, God. I'm going to go to Spain this summer, and you're going to see. I'm going to be so good for you. I am. I remember saying, like, I remember thinking, I don't know if I said this, but I, I remember feeling like I'm going to do everything right. Like, I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to um, do anything. I'm not going to be promiscuous. I'm going to be so good for you, God. Mm. And um, and I went to Spain, and I tried real hard. Um, but it literally was probably <laughs> the most, I mean, I look back on that, and I'm like, as many promises I, promises I made to God it was the most debaucherous time of my life it was because I was doing it on on my own I was trying my best I didn't know what it was like to be free from something I wasn't free and right before I'm supposed to leave I am so sick I think I must have had like alcohol poisoning or something I literally can't leave my room so I get on the bus about to miss my flight I pass out on the bus um so we I'm almost in France I'm supposed to catch a flight in Spain and the guy says, okay, our next stop. And he tells us to stop. And I'm like, stop it. I'm like, where are we? I like awaken. He's like, uh, we're about to be. And he names the place in France. I'm like, oh my gosh, let me off. So I get off the bus. Oh my gosh. I take a taxi to Balboa. I can't remember. I don't even remember what the place. Balboa, Spain. I don't know. Someplace in Spain. Take a bus. I know that's where the airport is. But the From prob- France. From like, uh, like not quite to France. We're almost to France. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I take a bus back to where I take a taxi. The problem is at this point I had no money because when I 
my luggage got lost on the way to Spain, so but I finally got it. Then my ATM card got stuck at an ATM machine in Spain, so I never got my card out. So my mom had sent at first this check that was supposed to be able to be be able to cash anywhere. Well, every place I went in Spain, every place I traveled all throughout Spain, no one could cash it. So she ended up just sending me like cash. So all I have is this check that's worthless. And um, so he takes me to the airport and I flee. I run. I leave because I have no money to get him. And I felt so. Your cab? So, are you talking about your cab, cab driver? driver? The cab. I get my luggage out. I pretend I'm about to pay him and I just run. <gasps> I do. I have no money. It's horrible. Horrible. I have no money. I felt terrible, but I literally was so desperate. And I'm at the airport and I'm like, Lord, what am I going to, and I kind of start at the airport. I'm freaking out because I've, I missed my flight. I have no money. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm starting to get like, Lord, I'm bad off. Like, this is bad. Like I literally just missed a flight because I've passed out after a probably nights of nights and days of just drinking and binging and um I don't even know like I don't even remember most of it you know like just I, I'm, I was so sick I could you know and it's like it's starting to dawn on me like you you can't control this because you promised God all these things and you're in you're in no you can't do this you know like I mean mm. it's really starting to hit me yeah so I'm at the airport and miraculously enough I, I just go up to this the bank in the airport you know they have like or a cash exchange I can't remember what it is and I said, listen, no one's been able to cash this check. Is there any way? She looks at it and she goes, oh, yeah. And she does it. I'm telling you, I have traveled <laughs> every place I went. Like, no one could do it. And she gave it. And I was like, oh, my God. Well, it was just enough to get a flight, to get a bus to Madrid and a flight out of Madrid. That's all. Well, this is crazy. So, buses in Spain um, and all over Europe, like, they'll travel and they'll meet up at these spots and... Then you'll get back on your bus, like a stop. And sometimes you switch buses. It's just weird. I don't know. There's little stops that you don't know where these buses are coming or going. Like, you just know what your bus is. So, earlier that month, um, we uh, met these guys from England or whatever and, you know, party a little bit with them, whatever. Well, I'm at the bus stop. So, it, this bus is going from the airport and going to Madrid. We stop. And there's all these buses there. We well, can get out and use the bathroom. So, I just kind of get out, stretch my legs. I'm not going to buy anything because I know my money is just for just enough. Mm-hmm. And so I'm there, and I'm like, oh, Lord, help me. And all of a sudden, I hear this voice, and he's like, Andrea. And I'm like, yes, it was a guy that I met then. And he was a really nice guy. And I'm like, oh, hey, he's like, what are you doing? He'd already traveled all over Europe. He had not even stayed in Spain. Like, so his bus had traveled all over crazy places, and he was just happened. He wasn't even on my bus. He was on a different wow. bus. And I'm like, what in the world? The chances are astronomical that would happen. I'm like, so I tell him my story. I don't tell him all the embarrassing parts, but... I just miss my flight, you know, yeah. and um, don't worry about the other things. And I There's probably him, a cabbie trying to hunt right, me down and murder right. me, but I don't know. And so I tell him and I'm like, yeah, this happened. And he's like, hey, he was like, I'm going to um, my dad's, our good friends of the family live in Spain. And they were like uh, consulates or ambassadors. They were somebody that was from England, something with Spain. They were high up. He said, and I told him, I was like, um, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get to the airport, uh, you know. And he was like, no, come. He's like, oh, they'll let you stay with them. I'm staying with them. They'll let you stay. They have a nice house. you know. And I was like, all of a sudden, I felt like, go with him. Do whatever he says. Like, get on your bus. He, You can trust him. I felt that. Like, I would have never felt that. And I was like, okay. So I get on my bus. We go to Madrid. Um, we meet at the bus stop. And um, he says, okay, these people, I don't know. I don't think they knew the Lord, to be honest. They were the most precious people. It was like there was a, I literally think of it as a banqueting table. There was all this seafood put out. They just welcomed me in their house. They washed all my clothes. I got a shower and a bed and all this food and like just 
were the most precious people. The next morning I got on the bus, made it back to the U.S. over, you know, a day or so. And um, I got back and I was like, Lord, I'm done. Like, whatever. You're good. You're God. I can't do it. And I just surrendered. And at that point. And that was um, the turning point. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like a, it wasn't even like a slow. It was like, whoop, I went to my sorority, sent them out. I don't want to. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Wow. I'm good. And they tried to, oh, but, you know, we did. I was like, listen, I joined this sucker to this party, and I'm out. <laughs> like, I didn't do nothing for philanthropy, okay? I don't care nothing about your philanthropic purpose. <laughs> you can say, Lord's Prayer all day long. I got to go. And so I started going to church with my friend Amber. Um, got completely, like, the desire to drink and do any of that completely left me. I just surrendered. And, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't work like that for everything. And I don't know why. Yeah. It left, and I never, never return back. I remember going out one time, like a couple weeks later, because I, you know, I really didn't know how to navigate this new life. And I went out with some friends. I, I don't even think I drank. And, um, and I remember just being there and just being like, yeah, I'm done. Like I, this holds nothing for me. And I just left. Which is fascinating because you mentioned that addiction runs in your family. Yes. I honestly think in some ways it almost had to happen like that for me. Yeah. Yes. Addiction runs and I hate to say that, I don't like to say it runs in my family because I we've stopped that, stopped yeah. that, you know. I, we stand in the freedom in which we've been set free, but there's a pattern for sure. I mean, there's iniquity in my family for addiction, absolutely. I mean, it's a, if there's a if there's a pattern of anything, it's that. Mm. And um, and I was drawn to it at an early age, just drawn to all those things, wanting to do them. And so, um, yeah. Completely delivered. And so you can imagine a year later, whenever depression and anxiety and just complete un crazy feeling crazy, I was just like blown away. Yeah. I was just taken aback. Like, oh, what? You know, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Like what I just God, I just started serving you. Are you kidding me? Like and and I didn't but I didn't know anything about spiritual. I knew nothing of the spiritual and I and the enemy used that against me. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, I, I'd been, I was getting in church. I was, I mean, I was going faithfully to church. I mean, if I was going anywhere, I, we would stay at church forever because mm-hmm. that was the only place to stay. <laughs> like, I was like, I mean, we were there, we would go on Friday nights, we'd go on Saturday nights, we'd worship. I mean, I was in the presence of God and he yeah. had done some crazy, miraculous things in my life. Um, but yeah, I mean, that just it blew my mind. I mean, I remember it was kind of funny because I had friends who like after I got saved or I say after I surrendered to the Lord, like. And I stopped everything. And they didn't see me much. And they were like, okay, Andrea. And they, like, had, like, an intervention for me, kind of. And a couple of them were like, we think you might have joined a cult. <laughs> they are so serious. <laughs> and I was like, why do you think that, you know? <laughs> They're like, because you hang out at this church all the time. Like, you stay there till like, 11 o'clock at night, Andrea. That's not normal. Like, no one goes to church on Fridays, you know. And I remember just being like, well, you know, I used to stay in the bars till 2. And I was there every night. So one of if, if this, I'm choosing this cult, okay? <laughs> like, But that, that kind of... Your life leading up to the surrendering point, and then a year later, depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. suicidal thought—you know—all of that mm-hmm. setting in. Um, that ties together, you know. Mm-hmm. I, and, yeah. and you had said that your heart needed healing from some things that had happened absolutely. in the past, you know. Absolutely. And, um, so I can I can kind of see. Oh yeah, I mean those were just—I I completely believe those were just. Um, branches of a, a deeper root I remember smoking I remember drinking I remember getting that first like drinking and being like oh this is good this is and it put me at ease and it made me feel good and it wasn't just one I just kept doing it and I had a pretty good tolerance for it. I mean it was just kind of like my body was okay with it like you know like I was like yeah 
I felt good. I didn't feel anxious anymore. I didn't feel, I felt like I belonged. And I was like, okay, but you know, sin is pleasurable for a, for a time. Wow. Yeah. Even if it is 10 years. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, it became less pleasurable, but right. um, yeah, I mean, it enticed me. I mean, if it was all bad, it would never entice anybody. Okay. One more thing I want to talk about before yes. we get to our, our fun question, mm-hmm. our wrap up question. Yeah. You kind of skimmed over that you mm-hmm. had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. What, when, when did that um, happen? I had a miscarriage when, okay. So Walker was three. So that was, I don't know. Walker is your oldest. He's my oldest. Okay. Walker and Sawyer's my youngest, but Walker was three. So, um, that was about six. Oh gosh. It was only six years ago. Um, six years ago. Yeah. We were, um, trying, uh, and we got pregnant me and my husband. And then, uh, yeah, we went to the doctor. I was probably first, first doctor's visit. And we go and, um, on the sonogram, you usually see like a little dot and there was no dot there. And the doctor was like, okay. And so, um, it showed up and he said, well, your sack is measuring like you're pregnant, but there's nothing there right now, but you know, come back in a week and, and we'll, we'll see, you know, there's sometimes, and I said, well, what are the chances? What do you think? Like, be honest with me. He's like, well, the chances aren't good, but it has happened, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was just like devastated. You know, I was taken aback. Okay. But at that point I was like, no, mm-mm. okay, no. Okay. I go. So I tell Trey I'm on my way home and I'm just like, all right. Like kind of like reeling in my head, like, okay, you know, and thinking what could have I done? I mean, I know enough to know. I, I mean, it's too early. I didn't do anything, but so I'm like, okay, we're going to stand the word. So we just speak. And I'm like, mm, I, I mean, I know I was speaking the word. I'll, anytime I was pregnant, I always spoke the word over the baby and myself a lot, you know, and um, speaking the word. And Trey comes back with me the next week. And um, it's not there, you know, and uh, it's mm. empty. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I remember just the doctor leaving. And I'm, I mean, I'm just, me and Trey both just crying. Just, you know, and he was kind of, you know, I'm being crying, like, you know, little yeah. tears running in. And I was just bawling. I just, it was, it was so hard. And, um, and it was the first time, honestly, probably in my life that I was the first true loss I'd had that could not be rectified. Like I could not get that back. Like there was nothing that was going to happen to bring that back. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was kind of like, you know, like real loss that wasn't coming back. And it wasn't so much like, I mean, because when you, when you get pregnant or, or when I did, it's like my whole view changed. My life was planned. You know what I'm saying? Like I get mm-hmm. pregnant, I'm already in, like I'm seeing, I'm going. We're, you know, like you're, you're, you shift. Yeah. The Lord had to really work. I mean, it was like one of those things where I was like, I don't get it, Lord. I mean, we, yeah, I believe it didn't do anything, you know? And I mean, there really wasn't, it was just like, what? And so then after that, it took a lot. So he said, you know, you can either, um, you know, we can either go in and do a, a DNC where, you know, we're going to have to, you know, remove because there's tissue still in your body. You have to remove it. Or you can, you have the option to naturally miscarry. And he kind of told me what would happen if I naturally miscarry. And I said, I, that's what I want to do. I just couldn't, for me, I could not go back in that doctor's office and have, like, that was my baby. Like, you know, I know that sounds weird, but I mean, I felt that, like, that was mine. Yeah. And you're not going to take it from me, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and so I, I did. I, I naturally went through that process, um, which was hard, but it, I did. I mean, and that was what I wanted to do. And, um, we got pregnant a year later. My kids are five years apart. I mean, I had Sawyer. Everything was fine. Battle day had to really speak the word of myself because fear would come on me. For like I, three I was months. just about to yes. ask. 
And so I just really spoke the word and she had to trust God and say, no, that's not, mm -mm, I don't care what happened before. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand something I'll understand later, but I don't, you know, this is what your word says, period. And, um, so I spoke the word again. She kept speaking the word. And, uh, but it wasn't until about a couple years ago, probably about three years ago that the Lord really, um, just kind of spoke to me. He said, you know, you never really got healed all the way from that. And I was like, what? And he's like, it's a, it's affected your faith in me. It's affected how you view me and what you think I'll do. And I was like, what? And so we just kind of went through a process together. And I really don't, honestly, I'd have to look back. But I mean, I just let the Lord heal me. I was like, okay, Lord, I don't understand what happened. And he never told me why. No, and that, I mean, I don't think, I think it was just like, it happens, you know what I mean? But, um, and I let him heal me of it. And I was like, all right, you know, and yeah. you were there all along. You didn't leave me. I heard someone say, what you don't understand, don't let what you don't understand about life take away what you do know about God. And mm, I knew God was good. That's good. I knew what his word. I mean, that's what his word says. Like, we can't start yeah. basing who God is off our circumstance. Mm -hmm. That's a scary road to go down. Yeah. And, and, you know, and even like my dad passed away a couple of years ago and there was a lot of questions. On, and I still don't know all the answers. I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It does not matter. Don't, can, you, still can you say that, that quote again? Don't let. Don't let what you don't understand about life take away what you do know about God. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. That's yeah. Well, you answered every question that I had written down okay. about that. So okay. I don't even awesome. have to ask any, I was going to say like, what did you speak and over yourself yeah. and how did that make you feel and your yeah. thoughts, but you answered all that. So, okay. And I lied. I have actually have one okay. more question okay. before we get to okay. our fun questions. Mm -hmm. Um, going back to your battle with depression, mm -hmm. um, what is some advice that you would give if there was a woman listening, sitting mm -hmm. right here with us, um, that's fighting that battle right now? Mm -hmm. What's some advice you would give her? I would say for sure, be honest with God. Be honest with where you are. Don't be afraid to say where you are with the Lord. I'm not saying go to everybody, but be honest with how you feel with the Lord because he can't heal something that you're not even honest with him about. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're mm -hmm. not willing to admit it, what's he supposed to do? You know, I mean, that, yeah. I don't know if that's really how God thinks, but that's not going to how I feel. I'm not going to put that on God. Be honest <laughs> with God. Um, two, get some people around you. Go to Go to Christian counseling. Go, I would say absolutely go to Christian counseling. Figure out a way, go. I mean, that helped me so much. Get get in a church, get community around you, get people around you. Because um, you can't do it on your own. And three, which is the biggest must, is speak that word. Find your word and speak it. I mean, there are so many ways to do that now. We can You can Google scriptures on depression and find. Yeah. And whatever pops in your heart, whatever makes your heart jump, that's your word. And that's what I did. I mean, like there was a Isaiah, it says he, Jesus came to heal the broken heart, set the captives free and bring freedom to the prisoners, the liberty of the prisoners. And that's what I spoke over myself all the time. You there, you were healing my heart completely and totally. I'm free completely and totally. Um, and I also spoke, there's another one, Isaiah, like Isaiah, he makes a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And those are two I can always remember because I spoke them so much. And I spoke more than that, but that, like, I don't know how this is going to end, Lord. I don't even see the way you're going to do it. But you make literally rivers in the desert and a way in the wilderness. Yeah. Um, you're doing a new thing. And um, and that's just, you I get in that. that word and you speak it. And um, I'm trying to think, like, there was those Psalms I'd always speak. Um, I will, I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And that was so important to me because I didn't feel like living. But, wow. you know, I will see yeah. the goodness of God in the land of the living. I didn't see it then, but I knew it was there, and I will see it. I will see it by eyes. I will, I'm confident. And I said those things when nothing, I didn't feel confident. I didn't feel like living. Um, I didn't feel like God was good. 
but it didn't change that he was. Yeah. It didn't change that I could say it, you know, and I just said it. And the more I said, it, the more it got in my heart. The word's powerful. The word is alive. I mean, that's what really, I was like, the word, is, it's alive. That's what he says. That is his word. The words that came out of God's mouth to us. There's nothing more powerful than that. So yeah, that's what I'd say to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good advice. Thank you. You're such a good preacher, chick. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy when it's just me and you right here, you know? <laughs> Somebody give this girl a mic and a Bible right now. No, that's incredible. And, and you said something to me. Uh, you've said something to me once about celebrating the victory before it comes. Yes. Yes. And I, I and really like that. That was, yeah, celebrate the victory before it comes because that's it. I mean, like you can't, that's walking in, that's faith. I yeah. mean, faith says it's the substance of things we do not see. Like we don't see it. You have to celebrate what's what's going to happen before it happens. I mean, it can look goofy, but, you know, David Anstel's clothes fell off on it. <laughs> I kept my clothes alive, so, you know. <laughs> Just for clarity. Just for clarity. We did this fully dressed, so. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you got to get a little undignified, well, you know what I'm saying? Like, I clothes on or off. I'm, I don't know. I, I, right, right. I mean, like, and I mean, at some point you just have to say, I'm not going to live a halfway life. I'm not going to yeah. do that. Well, and, and I just go back to with the celebrate the victory before it comes. Again, it's so counterintuitive right because our natural minds are like but I don't feel victorious I don't feel like I'm on the other side I don't feel like I've won no but when we speak that and we and speak it into existence and you know expect God to show up exactly yes and it's hard to sometimes feel that expect it's not about a feeling yeah but it's about that just like I'm making my mind up yeah so. I love uh, you challenge me because you know I, I just love how your go-to is to speak the word and that it really you can tell it really is in your heart like it's it not just me. something that you have memorized it's it's a it's part a, of who you are it is I mean it's my life it's all I know I mean it's not all I know but it's like it literally it changed me you know yeah. I mean it wasn't um the his presence changed me but I mean it's like his word it's it's been there all along like it's always it's my um it's my lifeline Mm. And it's my anchor, and it's just, it, it's everything. I mean, it, it yeah. is. I mean, like, I just well, I can think you, about so many things that, you know, the Lord's yeah. done. Well, you can tell. You know, I mean, yeah. it just pours out of you. I love that. And, and you challenged me to, to get more in the Word and to, yeah. to push harder and dig deeper. So you're amazing. Oh, I love stop. it. Stop. Stop. Oh, stop. But, but, stop. But come on. Keep going. <laughs> All right, so now okay. I have some uh, some fun questions, yes. some lighthearted questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I want to say this before mm-hmm. I get into that. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and brave Aww. and sharing your story about depression. I, I mean, yes. that's no lighthearted thing. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, I battled anxiety and depression. I, I, I feel yeah. like in today's culture, we kind of throw that around a lot. And, yeah. and sometimes people even use that, and they don't really – they really don't understand what it means. Like, right, right. Oh, oh my gosh, I had an anxiety attack today. Yeah. And really they were just stressed out because they were late to work, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, but because it's, yeah. we just don't understand, yeah. you know, and, and so. And I think we kind of have a problem in our culture too, where we celebrate sometimes, mm-hmm. celebrate depression or celebrate, but not, not meaning to, because we yeah. don't want there to be a stigma. Yeah. But it, it's not, okay, you know, that's not something that's God's will for your life. That's yeah. absolutely, that's the enemy's will for your life. You know I mean? So it's like, we have to be real careful of that. But I yeah. thank you so much for letting me come on. To be honest, it's, it's kind of cathartic. It's like so cool to go back and think of like, God, you did so much. Like, yeah. cause sometimes you don't get to, you know, just sit and think. And I was thinking about it all. I was like, man, Lord. 
and just thinking about things that after I'm like, oh, you've always been there. You've, it's cool to look back mm-hmm. and, and see God all in the mix. And I can't wait till we like get to heaven and we're like, oh Lord, you really were all in the mix, like <laughs> all that stuff. Oh, you were gonna, all up in that. All up in that. Yeah. Well, thank you for um, for just being vulnerable and, and sharing your story and, and what the Lord's done. It's really encouraging. Thank so. you. Thank you. Um, okay, now now on to some fun, okay, lighthearted okay. stuff. Yes, yes. Uh, what are three things that you do every day in the life of Andrea? Oh. Um, I, I know it sounds cheesy, but I do spend time with the Lord every day. Um, even if it's not how much I want to spend or in the time, but I'm not good at life on my own. Um, I get some loving on my family. I have uh, Trey, my husband of almost 12 years. And Aww. Walker, who's nine, and Sawyer, who's four. And um, their big thing is they want to get some, they always say, I want to get some loving on you. And so Aww. that's what we always do. We want to get some loving on you. And so, you know, <laughs> get some loving cutest. on them. Even though my nine-year-old's starting to kind of like um, kill me slowly with his non-affection, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of too cool. He's, he's too cool, but... I still sometimes just like sneak a kiss on his head and whenever he's really hurt or sad, he still comes to me. So, but my youngest told me that I, he could, I could have all his kisses. So I do appreciate that. Oh, what a nugget. What do they call it? Get some loving on you? Get some loving on you. I want to get some loving on you. Just like. (laughs) That's so precious. So that's what we always say. Now it's just kind of thing. I want to get some loving on you, Yeah. you know, to anybody and, you know, anybody comes in. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to get some loving on you. Disclaimer, anyone and everyone. We're going to get some loving on you. Um, the, I have four things. I, I laugh every day. I laugh. I love to laugh. Um, even if I have a bad day, like I try to think of things that'll make me laugh. Like mm-hmm. I just, I love comedians. I love to laugh. I just, laughing is the best. And so like, I'll even sometimes just call my sister or a good friend and she's like, you remember that time? And we'll just laugh. Cause I'm mm-hmm. like, I just, I just need to laugh. And you're so, so joyful. Like I, I said earlier, you're, you're like top three of the funniest people I know. I still stand on that, but, but you're so joyful. You're not just funny. Like, it's not just like, oh, Andrew, she's so funny. Like, you're, you're joyful. Sweet. You know what I mean? And like, you're and you sweet. do. Now that I'm, now that you say that, that you laugh every day, yeah. you do. And you bring yeah. laughter and you bring joy oh, everywhere you go. I love that. It's, you know, I like, I mean, I do. I do. I feel like that. I mean, I like to laugh. I mean, there's times yeah. where I get down. I mean, there's times yeah. where it's like, I can be a real toot, but um, still, <laughs> you know, it does happen. Everyone's like, um, only on Tuesdays, people. Right, right. Don't visit me then. But, um, and I get caffeinated every day. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're drinking a large yes. Diet Coke. Yes. <laughs> I can't say anything. I have a large sweet tea sitting right here. I mean, how I, people who don't get caffeinated every day and don't do caffeine, I literally am like, you are amazing. <laughs> like, I, I'm like, how do you do it? Like, I, I love Are you my a coffee, coffee drinker? I am. It, just any kind of caffeine. Any kind of caffeine. Now, Diet Coke, I have finally, I don't keep it in my house. I haven't in years. So I'll do it when I like, it's like a treat, you know, when I okay. go out. So you, you spend time with the Lord every day. Mm-hmm. You get some loving on your family. Mm-hmm. You laugh mm-hmm. and you get caffeinated. Yes. <laughs> and yes. there's the secret to success, that's people. Yes. That's, that's all it. you need to know. That's it. I love oh, it. Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, who influences you in life? Oh, um, for sure my husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband's a big influence in my life, obviously. I always say with your husband, you see the best of that person you live with, and you see the absolute worst of that person you live with. And so he's an influencer for me just because he's, we're kind of like definitely an iron sharpens iron relationship. We're, we're opposite in a lot of ways. We are similar in some, but um, 
he's always like kind of just gotten me out of I'm very um feet on the ground what's the plan what's the details what are we going to do you know and he's much more vision and dreams and um and so he's definitely gotten my um my focus off all that like our first date he was like or maybe it was like our second date he was like so what do you dream about what are your dreams I'm like um (laughs) graduating I don't know what are you talking about like he dreams you know and that was so new to me I'm like uh I have a plan I don't dream and so we you know he he brings that out of me like you know think bigger yeah just I don't know he does Mm -hmm. like I think it's a it's a good thing you know it it drives me nuts but it's good too you know (laughs) He's a big influence in my life. He is. He does things very well. He's a very loyal person. Um, mm. Extremely loyal. To yeah. a, a, like I would, yeah, he's just, you know, things, pe- people that I would have long given up on, he just doesn't give up on them. You know, he's mm-hmm. always there. He's he um, he's into people's lives. And people think that's kind of surprising, I guess, because he's not a super overly social, overly extroverted person, but he's he's in for the long haul. Yeah. And so it's it's inspiring, I should say, cuz it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I want to be like that cuz I'm 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 good with people and I love people. I love to be around people, but it's like he gets invested, really invested. Yeah. And that's a big deal. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So he influences my mama. I talked about her. Um yeah. just she just she's always just real loved real well. Never really talked about people. Um She's loved difficult people. She doesn't understand. She's a believer. She just believes what the word says. She just, if the word said it, she believes it. Mm-hmm. And um, like I, like the words, she really didn't know much about healing. She read that people could be healed. She prayed for her son. He got healed because the word said it. I mean, she just like, wow. There's just lots of, te- I, have, I have quite a few in my head that she just, you know, she's just simple, simple faith kind of person. Mm-hmm. And she just always like, I never remember her here talking about bad about people. Like, that was never, like, never. Um, if you talked about someone, she just kind of would just smile, you know, mm-hmm. and, you, and you stopped. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, she just was just one of those people. Like, she didn't run her mouth. She always had good things to say. She just, um, so she definitely influenced me. Um, and then I'm trying to think, like, my parents influenced me, obviously. I love my parents. I love my mom. Um, she's been through a lot in the past couple of years, and she's come out real strong on the other side, like, stronger than she yeah. would have said, you know, stronger mm-hmm. than she would have ever thought, you know. Um, my sister influences me because she's just, uh, we're kind of opposite and she, yeah, she challenges me. You know? mm-hmm. And just like, I always think, I don't really think of people like outside, I mean, people in my life, like just like ladies in my church. I love listening to older, wiser people. Not necessarily, they're not really old, but just older, just like, like your mother-in-law and Miss Cindy and like mm-hmm. our, um, our lead pastor's wife, Miss Sandy. I mean, they just influenced me in that. They're like, they've been through it. They have wisdom. Yeah. They've, they've walked it out. They've been honest. They've gotten through. Um, and they just do it well. Mm-hmm. With lots of grace. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to be that person. I don't feel like they, you know, I'm sure they've gone through things where they've said too much or not. You know, they're just real people who yeah. like live this life and have a lot of wisdom to offer. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, like the Kardashians. Netflix, well, sure. Things like that. I mean, <laughs> hello. Influence right now. <laughs> I mean, hello. You want, you want me to be truthful? Yeah. The, all of the Kardashians, I don't even know how many there are. Yeah, there's a lot. So many. Could walk in here right now and 
all 18 of them could punch me in the face, I would have no clue who I they know. are. I honestly don't. I don't even know their names. I do, I do know their names because one of my um, guilty pleasures sometimes is opening up people.com and reading some some stories. <laughs> I try not to too much, but I it mean, does I know happen. Kim. Kim. Wait, who's married to Kanye? Kim. Is that Kim? Kim's married to Kanye. I know Chloe because I just like her because she went from being like kind of like the outcast, not outcast sister. She was a she didn't look like they did, you know. Is she and, the blonde? No. The younger ones, I don't know. I like Chloe. She kind of, but I don't really watch it. I just know them from people.com. I don't watch it at all, actually. I just, I follow I've the never, lives <laughs> to people.com. <laughs> it's such I've a, never seen the show, but I'm like, I don't even know. I feel so yeah. out of touch with pop culture. Oh, I'm, I don't watch anything. Like, I don't. I mean, unless it's Super Wings or PJ Masks or The Investigators. If it's not on Netflix Kids, I don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know so one's true. married to Kanye. One's yes. married to, like, an NBA star, right? Yeah, but I think they divorced. Oh. They did divorce. Snap. I do know that. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then and then one, I don't there's know. There's another one. Yeah, there's a lot of I'm them. I'm literally making stuff up at this point. Yeah, yeah. Let's just, yeah. We'll just stop there. <laughs> But the Kardashians definitely yeah. influence. Big influencers. <laughs> You can tell by the way I dress. Clearly. Yes. <laughs> no, we're both in like oversized shirts. Yes. I'm, I'm all about their style. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it happens. For shorter people. Right. Okay. Uh, what about some uh, books that have mm. impacted your life? You're mm. a big reader. I'm a big reader. You're I a love. closet nerd. Oh, you're not even a closet I'm, nerd. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. You are open about it. it. I love it. I love to read. <laughs> I love to edit. I want to check everyone's grammar. I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. I love it. So be careful uh, if you... Oh, you don't have Instagram. Never mind. I don't. <laughs> Top book, probably. And I forgot about this one. Uh, love the Way to Victory by Kenneth Hagin. It's old school, but I've probably read that book more than Christian-wise, more than any other book. Mm-hmm. Because it talks about love being the way to be it just talks about love and i think it's a it's a missing part a lot missing ingredient and loving others well because <laughs> that's hard and so yeah, I've, I've read that a lot i mean that's um that's one i read a lot um i love lynn austin she is a christian author but she writes about christian historical fiction and then uh, some of it's like historical as in like um, U.S. historical fiction, like World War II and um, oh, all kinds throughout the U.S. throughout US, U.S. history. But then she also writes some uh, biblical ones and one follows King Hezekiah and I just mm. love it. I love, love, love. I love any historical fiction, even if it's non-Christian, as long as it's, you know, some, as long as it's clean. But, um, mm-hmm. and it kind of just reminds me like, you know, you can never be too off from God. You can have a depraved society and God can still work. It takes one move of God, yeah. you know. So, um, I like a lot of parenting books. I'm just, I get my thing from books. Um, Loving Your Kids on Purpose. It was uh, talked just about parenting and freedom and not fear. Your mother-in-law really helped me with that one. Mm-hmm. It, like, changed my life. Trey was like, you're not screaming anymore. I'm like, I know. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> and so. My mother-in-law um, is the baby whisperer, she though. She is The amazing. child whisperer. She is awesome. Yes. Yeah. And she's had three she's boys. And I have two boys. And so it's helped me, like, what's mm-hmm. normal, what's not. With that book, I realized there was a divide in how I knew God loved me and how I was, was how I knew God disciplined me and how I was disciplining my own children. And I knew there was like kind of a divide in that and it helped bring that together. Mm -hmm. And it's a really good book. Um, Power of Praying Parent. I'm a word person. And I know that's kind of one's like, oh, Power of Praying Parent. Girl, I started read, I read it. I got that before I had Walker. I read, I read it every chapter. And then I would start putting scriptures down each of the chapters and I speak it over my kids every single day. Mm -hmm. I just add to it. I mean, it's probably... It's falling apart, but I 
before I even had kids, I started speaking it before they were born. They were in my tummy, but um, I started speaking it over them just because yeah. I'm the word. I'm I'll speak the word. It, it works so all the time. Everybody always bob golf. Oh my gosh, so good! I love your eyes just like lit up. Easy read and so awesome. Bob Goff, if you ever listen to this, I love you. Um, no, it's just really cool. He thinks outside the box. It's awesome. Everybody um, always. Everybody always. His everybody first always. book was Love Does, and so everybody yeah. always is a um, follow up to that. I didn't read Love Does. I need to. Um, and then the Daniel Dilemma by Pastor Chris Hodges. It talks about uh, standing firm and loving well in a culture of compromise. That's what its thing is. You sound so about, dignified when well, you it's say his, it like that. It's his thing. So oh. it, that's what it says in the book, literally. Oh. <laughs> but it describes it perfectly. It's all about Daniel and how Daniel lived in a pagan culture that wasn't his mm-hmm. own. And um, he loved well, stood firm, and um, how he did that. Because I think sometimes we swing the pendulum so far either way. Where yeah. We'd be judgmental and not loving well, trying to stand firm, you know, and then... Yeah loving you know trying to love well which is not really love if we're not speaking the truth but you know that good mix and um mm, yeah so yeah i just love english love reading when in doubt go to the library that's right that's right mm, smell those books mm. yes just yes. shove your nose right in there let's get it <laughs> love it yes um all right nice. last question for mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. no sorry i have two more okay um what are two things that about you that may surprise people like two Fun facts. Um, well, I just found out you have a minor in Spanish, so that's well, surprising. But you can't you use go. that, so no, two more. No, I can do that. Um, I like to mow the yard. That surprises some people. Sometimes I only learned how to mow the yard about three or four years ago, and I do love to do it. I never <laughs> mow the yard. My dad always mowed the yard because that was his outlet because he was a businessman, and or he was uh, always in a suit and tie. He was... And um, he loved being outside, so that's what he did. I never, ever did it. So Trey literally taught me. He was busy, and... Um, so busy and so I said well this is something I can do for you you know just and so for so long you're like no no I'll do it I was like please let me do it you're so Mm -hmm. busy and so yeah he taught me and um like I didn't know like clutch pull I had no idea I was like literally he's like no just do it I'm like I don't know what you're saying where what is a clutch what am I pulling (laughs) like how does it go it's not going I mean like I was just like what do we do and now I really I really like it like it's just you have a push mower mm mm-hmm okay Mm -hmm. yeah he got a new one though it's really awesome so it's been a little better but um so it's funny you say that mm-hmm. i also i'm a fellow yard mowing lover mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. go figure because yeah, we're right one and the same but it, that is a consistent when i say consistent consistent fight between me and philip a, a fight of what <laughs> because he gets so mad at me when i do the yard i, I think it's oh, like funny I love you, babe, if you ever listen to this episode. I think it's like a man pride thing. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm the man. I should be doing the yard. But here's where I come in. I'm like, hey, I I genuinely love to do it. Yeah. It's therapeutic for me. I like to, I like the instant result. Yes. Like, and then it's, and it's, it's like vacuum lines and carpet. Yeah. So so I love it. To see the difference between the short and tall grass. Yes. It's just amazing. It's it's an addiction. I'd mow the grass every other day if I could. And then, number two, I, I feel like I do it better than him. <laughs> so I'm like, just let me do it. Well, yeah, I'm not as good at it. Trey really is really better at it. But I think he finally was just so busy. He was like, I'm d- whatever, do it. Because yeah. he just got, he was, um, so, yeah. But I will tell you a recent addiction that I have found. And it, it, it could be a problem. But I have discovered hiring someone to do the yard professionally. Oh. 
and it's and so I, good. Oh my gosh. And it's like 50 bucks. They're there in less than an hour. I know. And I, and I am results. like, yes, like yes. house Atlanta housewife. Like they leave, and I'm like, my yard is the shiz. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like I know. the bomb. Yeah, but you know, you pay for that. Yeah, you so do. So Philip, Philip, like he's like, babe, we can't pay we that every a, week. We have a lawnmower. That's <laughs> we the point. have a lawnmower, and you're in. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely a luxury. Yeah. Um, but yeah. like when they leave, and it's just so, it's oh, manicured. There is not a leaf anywhere to be found and I'm like oh my gosh can That's you come beautiful. back tomorrow yes <laughs> okay so you Anyways. love to you love to mow I yeah, do sorry I got, I got us off on a yeah. tangent there yeah. you love to mow what's I the do. other fun fact um although I love people and I am probably on a real far extreme of extrovert um you know me you know people are like I'm an extrovert introvert whatever that means I'm truly like extrovert um people give me energy I despise large crowds and concerts don't want to do oh. it. Do not enjoy it. Hate them. I don't want to say hate them. I went to Disney World. I didn't hate it. I love Disney World, but um, I had to prepare myself, and I knew it'd be large crowds. So it's, I mean, you know, I'd, and you're not going to go to Disney without large crowds. So it's kind of like okay, um, but I don't. I'm not going to do that all the time. I don't go to concerts. Never happening. Do or you have? Or, you know, I don't. Do you have a favorite artist? Like. Christian or non-Christian? Uh, I mean... It, I just... I really just mainly... Uh, let's see. Uh, like Justin Timberlake? I know. I used to love me some Justin Timberlake. Yes, I did love me. But I don't really listen to him anymore. I'm trying to think what to listen to. I listen to a lot of worship music. I mean, I just... I, but I, it's so random. I don't know. But but it doesn't matter how much you love the artist. You wouldn't no. go to a concert. No. Not, okay. I mean, to me, this sounds bad. I can get in the presence of God in my living room. Why well, I want to go to a concert with a lot of people? True. I just don't... I don't... There's nothing really appealing for me. Okay. That. Now, if Philip, for some reason, like, hooked up with some, like, went into concert somehow, I would all be all about that because I'd be supporting Philip. You and would go see yes, Philip? I would go see Philip. I would, absolutely. If I knew someone, it's like a game, like a football game. Like, I'm not going to go to a sports game usually, but if, like, my students are there in the game, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. I'll go see you do that. But I don't actually enjoy a game. I just yeah. enjoy seeing my students playing a game. Yeah. I would enjoy see, seeing Philip playing a concert. But, um... Yeah, I'm not going. I mean, I get, and I guess that really is the bottom line. Like, I don't feel like, I, I don't feel like I really, I mean, I can listen to him in my living room and yeah. worship God. Well, when that day comes, we'll get yes. you, like, the VIP box. Yes, so you yes, don't have to be yes. around. I don't want to be around those people. Yeah. Those are my two things. Okay. No, yeah, that was my two things people might be surprised about. Uh, those do surprise me. Yeah. Both of those. Yeah. So, well, yeah. that that led me into my last question okay. was, um, I wanted to talk about youth pastoring. Mm-hmm. How's that going? Love it. You loving it? Loving it. It's, um, yes, I love it. I do. Y'all stepped into this role in the end of June. Okay. So just and a few, well, what are we in? Well, we're at the end of August. We're in the end of, so. so two months. Uh, we're doing a lot of new things we're super excited about. We're starting small groups and we're starting these serve rotations on mm-hmm. Sundays for our students to get really hooked up and serving in the main church and a lot of change. Um, and so change is always, I don't, you know, it's always transition and change are necessary yeah um to get different results but they're uh they're hard you know it's it's hard for everyone um it's like kind of cool coming in and just being like they could literally be my kids I mean I don't have an 18 year old but I I could easily and um it's just so neat to kind of come in and just be that other person another person alive to speak life and uh and to encourage and you know hopefully their parents are doing that but you know I mean just to be another voice yeah. in their life. Hopefully a good voice, you know, and um, 
I needed that to be on their side. You know, mm-hmm. you need someone on your side. Yeah. Yes, um, we love well, it. Y'all are gonna, y'all are gonna be amazing. We're super excited about it. Yeah, I'm so. excited for you. Thank you. New thank things, you. new journeys. Yes, yes, lots of new things. It's good. Well, I want to thank you for letting me do this, and I'm so excited about this podcast. I've listened to the other two, and I just like listen to them straight through. Like Aww. my kids are trying to talk to me, literally. I'm like, no, Mama's listening to a podcast and folding clothes. <laughs> Go sit down somewhere. <laughs> but yes, no, I love these podcasts, and I'm. I think this was a god idea. Oh, like I'm yeah. not saying that because I'm on. I really do. I mean, it's encouraging. Your conversation style is awesome, and it's it's always good to see and hear what God's doing in other people's lives. Yeah. It's like, who doesn't love that? It's testimony time. Yeah. I know. It's my favorite. It's me too. I just, I love hearing other people's stories yes. and, and what the Lord's done. And I know. So I just good. love it. But thank yeah. you. That's very encouraging. I, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. All right. Yay. We're done. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye. All right, and that's a wrap, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in today and listening to my chat with my friend Andrea. As always, I hope that your heart feels encouraged, and I hope that you got something from her story today. Before you leave, make sure you check out our show notes because we're going to list the books that she referenced there that have impacted her life. Unfortunately, Andrea is not on any form of social media, which is probably why she is so mentally healthy is because she's not on social media. But bad news for us, that means that we can't reach out to her and connect with her in that way. However, as she talked about, she and her husband are the youth pastors at Word of Life Center right here in Shreveport, Louisiana. So you can definitely track her down there. Also, if you don't have a church home or if you're just kind of visiting churches in this area looking for a place to plug in, go check out Word of Life. Um, They are a great place, great people. I happen to know a couple of the people over there, so they got a great thing going on. So uh, go walk through their doors and, and check them out. I don't think you'll regret it. And if you haven't already, it would really help us out if you hit subscribe to this podcast and rate us, give us a review, all the fun things. And hey, make sure you share this with your friends, Um, social media, Starbucks, small group, whatever. Um, We just really want to spread some encouragement in our world today. And that's our goal. That's what we hope we're doing. So make sure you tell all your friends about it to tune in and listen. Okay, y'all. Until next time. Bye-bye.